Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Second Act with your favorite podcast host, Bonnie Somerville. How are you all doing? I'm very happy to be here. I am bringing you a guest that is one of my favorite people on earth, one of my closest friends. Uh, We did this a while ago. We did this before the break um, and before the election, before the holidays, uh, before we took a little hiatus because of life and kids and work and Christmas and getting engaged. Uh, So this has some stuff we talked about previously, probably hear about the election and whatnot, but we are past that now. Thank God. Hopefully everyone's doing well and having a good new year so far. I hope that you are following me on my new Instagram page for the podcast since Instagram deleted my other page. I have zero idea why, Uh, but it is second underscore act underscore podcast on Instagram, Second Act Podcast, and make sure that you leave me a good review or a bad review. I really don't care because honestly, I could take it. Like I take rejection for a living, but uh, just write something, you know, because I want to keep going, get more ads so that I can bring you more amazing people like my next guest who is truly, truly one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Um, I did my very first leading role in a drama with her. I was a nervous wreck. This was a show that I grew up with. It was one of the biggest shows in the world. It was my family's favorite, favorite show, especially my grandfather, who was a police officer for 35 years in New York City. And I was a nervous wreck. And she literally took me under her wing on day one and told me where to stand and what to do because this show was such a machine. It ran itself. And it was like, you just get in there and just go. There was no lessons, there was no help, and it was season 12, and I had the honor of being on NYPD Blue um, with my dear friend, Jesse Bochco, who you heard me interview, and it was just one of the best experiences of my life, and I'm honored and proud to have been a part of it, and Miss Jacqueline Oberdors was my partner, Rita Ortiz, that's right, Cagney and Lacey, Ortiz and Murphy. Um, we had the most amazing time working together and she is such a dear friend and a kind soul and beautiful and has just been there for me so much, especially last year when I was coming up with my second act. So please enjoy this. I'll stop talking now. The wonderful, beautiful Jacqueline Oberdors. Okay, I'm very excited right now. I have somebody that I love dearly, that I've known a very long time. She's very, very busy. I've asked her to come on probably like 20 times, stalked her. She happened to be available. She was the best partner I've ever had on any show. I'll give you a hint. It involved police work. And her name is Jacqueline Obradors. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> Hi, babe. I love your little on my name. Say that right, Obradors. Yeah, you can just say Obradors, babe. Right. Obradors, but it's sexier. You think? Yeah. Obradors. So I'm very excited because, as you know, we were Cagney and Lacey. That's right. 
My very, very Forever. first, my very first drama I ever did was with you. Uh, I, I'm shocked to hear that. I really am. Yeah. And I was a nervous wreck when I got that, when I got that job. And my first memory of you is, I don't, you probably don't remember this. My first memory of you is when I got there. So I only did season 12 just for the listeners. I just was there for the very last year. Um, and I, I showed up on set and nobody told me a thing. Not, not one person told me what to do, where to stand. And I'd only done sitcoms and I literally showed up and I was like, no one is going to talk to me. Like it, it just, it was like, cause you guys at that point were a well-oiled machine, like doing right. your thing. Right, right. And I'll never forget. You were so cool. You walked over and you were like, Hey, Hey, babe, come here, do this. Just stand here. Just, it's okay. Just stand here. Don't um, worry about it. And you com- from day one, you completely like helped me. And it was like that moment. I was like mad, mad girl crush on you. Ah, uh, babe. See, that's so funny because you did not seem nervous at all. You seem like you'd done that a million times, which is probably why nobody really talked to you about what to do or stuff. But I know it can be really intimidating to come onto a, a set like that that's been in existence for so long. Well, that one was so intimidating because like it's like Dave, my my fiance now. Yeah, oh, my gosh. I could say background. Yes. Um, When we met, he was like. You know, everybody says friends or blah 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 blah. He was like, yeah. no, NYPD Blue, like right. favorite well, favorite he's demographic. He's he really is who watches that show. Is so. he? Oh mm. yeah, oh yeah. That's definitely because now that he's 50, 50 is oh. old. Oh. kind of fifty-year-old <laughs> dude that's you know big fan. And I know that's not a secret. Am I blowing a secret here? No, not not yeah. at all. Because if 50 yeah. looks like that, babe, come on. Seriously, we should all look that good. But I swear, Jackie, I got and and also, you know, this because we're friends, but that show growing up because my grandfather was a cop and I grew up. It was like this. It was like this big, big deal. And and I just was so nervous and nobody would nobody spoke to me. And you came over to me and you were like, come here, just do this. Just stand here. It's going to be fine. Blah blah blah. And people don't realize acting when I came on the show was like, you know, on its way out. And it was yeah. like, it was like in at five, out at five, bang, 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 one take. Oh, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. They wanted to be done by sundown. Right. And I was there going, I'm going to act, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, going, <laughs> I'm going to interrogate. And, 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 and it was like, oh, no, we're done. We're turning around. I was like, what? what, what right. What? I know. I know. And how long were you on the show? I did four years on that show. So, wow. It was great. And, you know, I mean, I really enjoyed the steady gig. That was my, um, that was the longest run I had on a show. Was that, were you there for the brutal, like brutal years? Like the, or, or had it already gotten better? I actually wish I was. I I think what you're referring to the brutal years. Yeah. David Milch was there. Yeah. Cause Jesse was on the show and he talked about that openly, like how that was just insane and brilliant and creative. And yes. Yeah. No, I heard yeah. Jesse's podcast. It was great. Yeah. Jesse's but, amazing. I love Jess. Yeah. We love um, Jess. But those years that was prior to when I, I think just before I had come on, because when I came on, it was Mark Paul Gossler. I was brought mm-hmm. on to be his love interest. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so he was Sipowitz's partner, right. Mm-hmm. He went through a few partners. And so that was the year that I came in was what was it a year after him or, or later it, maybe it wasn't episode one of the same year that oh, he, okay. I think, but um, 
Yeah, but the Milch days, <laughs> that's I know. What, that was all the Emmy nominated, Emmy winning years of the show, right? Because he was yeah. he's such a genius and he would literally I heard the rumors that I heard on set were that everybody would have their script. You know, you get on set to shoot and they would rehearse. And then all of a sudden, you know, he would be like, hold up, you know, and he would everybody would go away for a little bit. And he would just sit on the floor of the set and just rewrite a scene like yeah. right there. And everybody had to go away. And then you had to learn that and come back. I know. And that would be so exciting. Like, because, you know, oh. working in TV, like I try to say to people sometimes, you know, not that I'm not grateful to work, but as you know, you know, that's our job. That's how we make a living some of the some of the gigs are jobs right and some of the gigs are creative like some of the films you've done like like some of those th those are creative moments and sometimes it's just a gig where you don't have creative input yeah nobody wants to hear what you think no and yeah they're going through the motions it's by the numbers and and sometimes the directors are really just there to direct traffic, so to speak, as opposed to coming to the actor and saying, you know, what they want emotionally from that actor. You're not going to get that, no. uh, you know, that episodic, you know, in that world. So tell everybody how you, what was your very, very first gig? My very, very first acting gig? Yeah. Your first professional gig. Well, um, my first what got me my SAG card, if I recall correctly, was a Spanish Bud Light commercial <laughs> in a bikini on a lake. No, no yeah. way. Oh, yeah. And we actually just pulled out a box. And of course, it was on a VHS tape, which is, you know, I'm trying. I got to transfer this stuff before it oh, goes away forever. But yeah, it was like three guys and three girls. Or was it six guys and six girls on a lake drink, you know, a beer thing, everybody in bathing suits and, you know, like a few days on a lake of a shoot. It was amazing. And um, yeah, that's how I got my SAG card. But um, as far as my first acting gig, there was a show called Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Yes. <laughs> and I hired, I'm guessing it was co-star. I don't even know that it was a guest star. Maybe it was guest star, co-star. I'm not sure which anymore. But my line was... I'm so hot. And I had to say it three, like three times in different ways or physically. Well, that was up to me, I guess. Oh. And, you know, to deliver it in such a way. But I do remember, yeah, I went to that call back and I wore my trusty spandex black dress, you know, mini black dress in my heels and, mm -hmm. you know, just said, I'm so hot. And I just remember the guy laughed and I got the job or whatever. So. And you grew up in California, but did you know, like, that you wanted to be an actress your entire life? Like, was that your plan? You know, I, it was never my plan, Bond, believe it or not. It was just, um, I always enjoyed, you know, being funny and kind of just, you know, having fun in that way. Like, I wasn't yeah. super- You are fucking funny, by the way. I, well, thank Yeah, you. for people that don't know, Jackie's really, really funny. I think you're pretty funny, too. Yeah, I'm funny. I'm all right. But so you, you, you just you enjoyed it, but you, it wasn't like a thing that you were like, I'm going to be an actress. No, because I, I think I, I had I had didn't have the first clue about how to do it, you yeah. know. So, yeah, being born and bred here, I was actually born in Hollywood and um, growing up. I didn't know anybody in the business at all and, you know, did little plays here and there. I was a cheerleader in elementary school. You know, I was always the shortest. I was one in the front doing the splits, you know, and all that stuff. And. And then in high school, I did a play um, 
And, and then when I went to college, I took acting for humanities credits because it was easier than like a lab class. And so did you graduate college? Well, I got my AA degree, which means nothing these days. Oh, okay. No, I dropped out. I don't think we ever had that conversation. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, but I don't think I ever thought I was going to make a living. I always want, once I took that class, I was so bad, Bonnie. I was so bad in that class. Yeah. That, that I, I I was really like, wow, I'm so bad. This is so annoying. I have to get this down. Like, this is so crazy. Why is this so hard? Well, that's funny. That's funny. I have to interrupt you. You are somebody that I have always admired. That is so indicative of who you are. Like if something is bothering you or if something isn't like working, you have that thing that you're like, I'm going to fucking I'm going to, I'm going to, I am going to get in here and work this out. Like you have that. You really do. You do, you have that like tenacity. Like okay. you don't, you don't like to not get it. Like I, I'm lazy. Sometimes I'll be like, blah, blah, blah. You're like, no, no, no. I want to figure out what is wrong. Like what's going on. Well, I guess that's, yeah. All right. Well, I didn't realize that was a trait of mine, but I think you're it's probably a, right. It's a positive trait. Well, I think it, it certainly served me well. So, but I, I could not believe how um, how intimidated I was and how much I sucked at it. Really, to be honest, it was just uh, I think I couldn't get over the fact that a bunch of people were looking at me, and it was so uncomfortable. And you felt so on the spot, right? To to be able to it was a theater, right? So you're to be able to block that fourth wall out and do the work that's necessary without. Uh, you know, with not without breaking the wall or caring what you're doing, you're outside of yourself once you're watching yourself. You know, so, so I found after, that really well, challenging. After that experience, like talk about second act. I mean, there's one right there. There's an act, right? There's an act that happens, right? What what happens after that that makes you have that horrible experience and then continue and go, I'm going to do it again. Well, because of I guess the challenge of it. I think I like a challenge. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I love yeah, about you. So, yeah. Well, then, yes, you're right. And and uh, and so for years, I worked at um, a grocery store and I, I worked I started as a grocery like a bagger. Right. I was bagging groceries, worked my uh, way up to checker. And then I was like, you know, um, in the office doing the checks, the accounting. I was managing assistant managing the store and stuff like that. And that job, that was a really good job. And I did it for shit, I think like eight and a half years. No. It, yeah. It allowed me, it was great. It paid very well. It was, you know, union, it was benefits, all that kind of stuff. And it allowed me to go on my auditions, you know, on the side, I wasn't full-time, but I was working at least 20 to 30 hours a week. And it, it allowed me to do my auditions and stuff like that. And, um, and how then did you even get auditions? Like at what point did you get like, Oh, okay. So so, so after, um, so after college, when I did that class that I sucked so bad at, and I was like, I really want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up signing up for a commercial class, like how to do commercials, how to act in commercials. It was called Tepper Gallegos and it was in Hollywood. And I did that class and it was like a, I think it was a six or an eight week class. And that you started out doing auditions, like you're in the class and you're learning how to read copy and how to bring your personality and bring everything to life. Right. And uh, on the sixth week or eighth week, whatever it was, they had an agent's night. And so you were, so you performed your copy, you know, for the agents that were there. And then at the end, it was kind of a mingle situation. Right. And I, that's where I got my first agent. Um, his name was Tony. Uh, and he was like at LA Talent, which might be LA Models now. LA Talent. I was with LA Talent for a minute. Remember? 
Yeah. <laughs> but for people, I said this, I said this, um, Jesse and I talked about this for people listening that don't understand, like we come from the age where like there was no social media. There was no, um, we actually had to like duke it out in the room, hustle, get hip pocketed. Like people don't realize now what, what uh, we had to do back then. Like, right, right. Well, you know what, you know what we even did? Um, my boyfriend at the time who was an, also an actor. We got, do you remember the breakdowns? Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. They used to come out. I don't know how people got them, but it, they only went to agents and managers, I think. Yeah. Of course, there was a black market and some people were able to get a hold of those breakdowns, right. which are the, the, for people that don't know, the breakdowns are what shows are doing and it breaks down all the characters they're looking for. And we found someone who got a hold of those. And this person put them in their mailbox in front of their house. We paid that person and we pulled up to their house, pulled those breakdowns out of the mailbox because this is before email, sat oh, yeah. in the car, went through the, the breakdowns and tried to see which roles, which things we were right for. And we would address our envelopes in the car. And then when we got home, we would staple our headshot and resume and submit it for, you know, consideration like that. And I actually oh got God. some, and I was very curious to know if I got my own auditions or if my act, if my agent was getting my auditions. So we decided to print our resumes on colored paper for our own submissions. And so when I went in the room, you know, when you'd go in a room and they'd yeah. actually have your eight by 10, yeah. which was black and white, by the way. Yeah. Oh, always black <laughs> and white back then. And they would look at it. And then if it was a colored resume, we were like, okay, this is from our own submission. So we know this is working. You were a hustler. Oh, yeah. We were just like, you know, and I was very naive at the time, Bonnie. Like, no, but I that's thought, the, that's, that's like the hustle, man. Like yeah, that is the we hustle. Were, we were hardcore. Like, you know, I was very all about what can I do to, to move this forward, you know, and, and get more activity because as you know, this business likes to put you in a box. Oh, oh yeah. We could talk about that after like yeah, what they, especially what they that. do to, to women, but that isn't, that's amazing. You were, well, when we met, we bonded right away about that too. Like just the fact that we're both hustlers, we're both very strong women. We don't like, you know, we don't take no for an answer, but like, that's, that's a big hustle. Like to, yeah, to well, it went on for years. Like it was really good. I loved it. I really, I actually got a thrill out of doing it. Um, so th that was, that's a great memory. I haven't thought about that in a long that's time. That's amazing. <laughs> and so then, so from there, so that's like one X. So then you get the show, you get that line on the, on the show. And then what was the next big job? Because you've done so much, but like, what was the next big one? I'm going to say that was a co-star. And then I think probably one of my, it's very hard to remember the sequence of things. Cause we're talking like in yeah. the eighties, late eighties or whatever it was, or early nineties. I did a guest star on Murder, She Wrote, which I just caught oh the other God. night. It was hilarious oh watching the show. Oh, my God. Was like on something, you know, how everything just pops up now on certain streaming things. Yeah. Um, and and it was just hilarious to watch. And for the most part, I thought my acting was OK. But there was this one scene like, what was I doing? You know, it's just so funny to look Isn't back. Isn't it funny? It's, I yeah. look back on some stuff and I'm just I'm like, Ugh. I cringe. It's I so dated too. Not just the work, but just the the look or the wardrobe or the. Oh God! But when I, acting's bad, that falls on you. You're just like, oh shit. But you work. So from then on, do you think like was it kind of like bang bang bang? Like you just kept working and working and working. You know, I, I I booked enough to keep me going. 
in it and you commercial quit the job. You quit the job at this point. I did not quit that job until gosh, Bon, I don't even remember what year it was, or I think what happened, I know what happened was I was starting to get a lot more callbacks and a lot more activity. And mm-hmm. I was working like five to nine at the grocery store. I had transferred out to the one in Malibu, which I love that store. It's now a Ralph's. This was when it was Hughes market. And hey, Dave, um, that's so cute. You worked at Target. Oh, <laughs> I love that. So, okay. So it was, Oh, and Vons. He worked at Vons. Yes. And Vons. Well, hey, you know, I got an acting job out of being that checker out there in Malibu. I had I met a producer, this guy named Rocco Urbisi, who was amazingly cool. And um, I don't know how it came up in conversation one day. And he ended up doing a movie and he gave me a part in it, which he also introduced me to an acting coach that I had for many years because my acting coach's husband was Rocco's producing partner, Neil Marshall. And? And we can talk about your acting coach for many years was my acting coach for many years, Sandy, Sandy Marshall. Okay. And, so Neil Marshall. And, yeah. Right. But that was a coincidence when we found that out when we met, because you were like, wait, what? And your story about being told how bad you were. My story is when I called her because someone I knew said, oh, this is the woman you have to see. And I was temping and I had just gotten dumped and my boyfriend said, you have to get out. And literally, my mom was like, it's time to come home. I called her up desperately. And I went up on stage. And this is Meisner for people that don't know. It's Meisner technique. It's you do repetition. And she she said, um, get off this. I have no time. Like, I have no time for you. Like, what? get off get off this. Yeah. And, and I was ter- like your story. I was terrible. I was completely petrified and frozen and you know like it was a it was a really good class with a a lot of good people but I was so bad but like your hustle I just would not take no for an answer and I kept stalking her good and 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 until she was yeah said that to you she knew you were just you know there for the first time that she wouldn't have uh well she was so tough but at at the end of the day it helped me so much because like you I was like uh no fucking way um, I'm going to get in this class because just sitting there and watching, yeah. I, was, I was just, Oh my God. I was so intimidated. The first time I audited that class, I was so intimidated, Bonnie, Yeah. by watching the, the, the amazing work in front of me and going, yeah. Oh my God, I can't get up there and do that. Well, but that's what happened to me. I froze. Yes. It, well, you know, whatever, that's your process. And I'm sure after you froze, then you freed up and became the amazing actress you are, you well, know? Thank you. But I'm, it's similar to what you said, like your worst, your worst yeah. class. It made me walk away like you so frustrated, like so ang- it, it It gave me so, so it yeah. gave me so much like, fuck, like, fuck motherfucker. It, you know, that I was like, no, I'm going to keep calling. I'm going to, I'm going to get in this class because I, I just, I have that, like you have, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't tell me no. Exactly. Cause you knew, you knew deep down what your path was to be. It's and then you, you worked with her husband. Mayor. Yeah. This movie called like 365 girls a year or something like that. And um, so he hired me like to just be one of the, one of the girls, you know, in this movie. And I just remember one of the girls from her acting class, had to audition to be in it and just hated me, was so annoyed that I didn't have to audition for it, which, you know, I've never really been given a job without having to work for it. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't really have lines from what I recall, maybe one line it's, or something like that. It sounds like an Oscar winner, 365 girls. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't get that Oscar. Yeah. Um, so so after all of this, so you're working, you're working, you're working, and then... Yeah, so then what happened was I was getting callbacks that conflicted with my grocery job. <laughs> oh. and, but I was so insecure, Bonnie, about just leaving the security of that job and going for the acting without having anything to fall back on because I was brought up to be responsible and it's, you know, you got to have a job and you got to, you know, this and that. Were your parents supportive of, of, of you doing this? Cause I know you didn't grow up wealthy. Like I didn't either. And like my mom, as you know, was like absolutely against it. Like, how were they with you? Were they, were they like against it or, or supportive? So they were, they were supportive, but I think scared at the same time thinking, oh my God, like we don't know how to help her along this path. We don't know anybody in this business. We know it's kind of a crazy business to get into. They never once told me not to do it, uh, but they, I know they were worried and they didn't want me to leave that grocery job because I think in their minds, if the acting thing didn't pan out, I could always be a checker for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. You and where did your parents grow up? My parents are from Argentina. Right. And they they are immigrants from Argentina yeah. who came. I have an older sister who was born in Argentina. And when she was about two or two and a half years old, um, or when she was around two, my dad came to America before he sent for them so he could try to, you know, get a home and get a job and establish some kind of base here before he had his wife and, and baby fly out. So once he got that situated, he sent for them and they came. And then I and then my brother was born here and I was born here. So that's even more like that is the like like the immigrant story like yeah they sure. he, he wanted the best for you yes and then and then you pick like as my mom said why are you picking right. like the one in a billion chance when she worked so hard for me as you know as a single mom and she was like I can get you a job on Wall Street you know and I was like are you fucking out of your mind like have you met me but like so for your parents I'm sure that was so scary. I think it probably was, but like I said, they never once discouraged me from doing the audition thing. They didn't know how to really help me with it, but they were supportive in what I was doing as I was doing it. But I think the only thing they didn't want. So when I did quit, that freaked them the fuck out. Like they were, they could not believe I was leaving that job. I was making, I don't know, 15, $17 an hour. I don't remember what it was. And this was years ago. It was a very good job. Um, at the time. And like, I, I eight and a half years, Bonnie, like if I could have stuck in another year and a half, I'd have a pension oh. from that job. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that. Last you know what? Maybe you should just give up Bosch, go back, <laughs> go back, right? Just, just go to Vaughn's, give up yeah. Bosch, go back. I might, I might, we'll see. We'll see. It could be my third act. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I want to talk for a quick sec about our newest sponsor, eBay. You guys know you can get practically anything on eBay, but did you know it's basically the original sneaker marketplace? You can find the exact shoe you're looking for. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, you know you're getting shoes that have been meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. They verify the box, logo stitching, and tons of other inspection points. Each sneaker comes with an authenticity guarantee tag and a digital stamp of authenticity. 
And you sneaker sellers, you guys are protected with a verified return process. And right now they've eliminated selling fees on shoes over a hundred bucks, making it free to sell or flip your collection. And by the way, I'm a women's size nine. If you want to send me some, my birthday's coming up in two weeks. Just saying. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Okay, we're back with my Cagney to my Lacey, Jacqueline Oberdois. Wait, we were just talking about something fascinating. I said, like, these are things I don't even know about you, but we have, again, that in common, which we have a lot in common, just our personalities. But that was, I had like a, you know, a regular gig, like a temp gig where I was doing really well and, and they let me go on auditions and I would sneak out and, um, and, uh, but I was doing really, really well. And, and then I got a couple of, guest stars and got into SAG and, and, and um, I had that scary moment of like, you know, after two record deals dropped me and um, just, just out here by myself with no family, I was like, I I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go for it full time. And it was the scariest, but again, talk about second acts. Like those are the act, those are the act breaks that you people like can change your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you just said, it's about taking a risk. It is in anything, in anything. And I, I, you know, I know you haven't asked me about this, but I'm just going to throw it out there since you're talking about taking a risk. The, the biggest movie that I had gotten when in the beginning of my career was six days, seven nights. Well, actually, actually I was, I was going to ask, I was, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you about that because that was didn't ask me, babe, ask away. Well, I was going to ask you about that because we, but we were getting like the TV, the, the grocery, blah, right. blah, and I, my next question was literally you get this fucking huge Harrison Ford, huge studio movie, which I am asking, honestly, I've never gotten that. Like I've gotten, you know, I've had like little one-liners, but honestly, like, what was that like? I, what was that like for you? What was that moment? That was like another, like, what was that like? That, that was just a dream. The whole thing about it almost is surreal to me, especially with just looking back the, the, the audition process, Bonnie, for that movie, they were trying to find that role for the, for a long time. I don't know if it was months or weeks or what it was, but it was getting down to the wire. And I, I know, you know, this, when you get in on something and you get in either in the very beginning or you can get in on the very tail end is a very nice time to go on these auditions because they are, they, they got to book it. They got to find the girl, right? Well, or that, the well, that's what I was saying. And I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt for long, but that's what I was saying when I talked to Jesse and uh, when, when you and I started and you got this film, that was when you had to audition over and over and over. And it would go down to five girls, to four girls, to three girls, and 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 now these these young kids have no idea how hard it was for us. But that 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 for you, you like you just had to like you literally have to win that role. Oh yeah, you gotta you had to win that for sure. Yes. Right. So they were looking for this forever, and then you go in for it forever. And what what the breakdown was was a blonde, big buxom, um, Bonnie Somerville. Well, did you read for it? No, but I have big buxom boobs. You sure do. You do. You have <laughs> lovely ladies. You sure do. Lovely. So blonde blue eye. Well, that's actually that's interesting. And I this is hot. Yeah. 
this hot Latina comes in and, and had that happen. But because they were at the point where they were literally like just opened it up at that point. Cause I know they read a bunch of names for that. Mm-hmm. And I was nobody at the time. Um, not to say I'm somebody now, but I'm saying I was super unknown. Right. And they opened it up to just whoever to send in these actresses and have them bring a spin to it. Quote unquote. That was the direction. Bring your own spin to it. So my spin, what I brought to it was the Spanish accent, which is something which was that- so hot. Can we just talk about how hot that was? You, you were so hot. I remember that. Like you were so hot. That was your choice. You just came yeah, in with that accent. I, it, it, it didn't say- spin, no, no, no. They were reading blonde. Guys, you know, guys, women. This, I love you, this. This is what we're talking about. Like second accent. Sometimes you just got to take the biggest risks. And that is a perfect example of having the balls to do something out of the box. I love that, Jackie. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, babe, I, I just was like, you know, and because in my acting class, that acting class that, that I was in with Sandy, yeah. I heard that accent a lot. And it was just always funny. It made everybody laugh in class. And, you know, um, all that stuff. So it was kind of in my, it was in my arsenal, right? You have this little arsenal. Like a bit, yeah. Like I have, I have the bits, you know, like the, the friends, like I could do that bit, bits. It's pull a them bit out. Yeah. Or just like in your special skills, right? It's right. like you can sing, you can, you know, whatever right. it is. So the accent was something that I could do. And it was an accent that I grew up hearing my whole life. My mom actually speaks like that. So did you leave the room? Did you go, uh, did you have that moment? Like, I want people to know when they hear this, because part of this is about like me and all like my mistakes and stuff. And, and, I, and I love people's feedback, like, oh, risks again. Did you leave that room going, oh, shit? Or did you leave the room going, oh, shit, I might have gotten that? Well, first, the first thing that got me into that room was um, I had an agent, a smallish agent at the time. And um we submitted a scene that I did in Spanish for a dear friend of mine who wasn't at the time. It was actually a job that I booked. One of those freebie things you do when you're starting out. It was a short film called crossing over. And my dear friend, Wayne Kramer um, wrote it and directed it. It was a a short film that I shot many years ago, but I got a beautiful piece of tape out of it from a a scene we shot in the backseat of a truck on a rainy night. Uh, I was, I was a Spanish, a Mexican woman trying to cross over the border. And so I had this one scene and I had it on my demo reel and we submitted it to the casting director. And that is what got me in to read for that role. They saw that and, and just, you know, it was see, talk about, talk about taking chances. Like this is, this is like what I'm saying about like second act. Like you never know. You don't know where something's going to lead and like doing a, a thing like that. Like you do these things for free that piece of tape is what got me into that room. Mm-hmm. And, and actually years later, as a side note, Wayne Kramer went on to do crossing over as an actual feature film, a full length feature film. And ironically, Harrison Ford was the lead in that. Wow. And I actually, I, I had aged out of the role that I played. Um, it went to Alisi Braga, but I was able to, he hired me to play an ice agent in that film. Did you, did you warn them? Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because I still, and, and I've been doing this 20, I don't know, fucking whatever, forever. I still don't have the balls that I, 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 I always, I, I said this to Dave, I had an audition for a guest star on the show and uh, to, to play like a 1920s uh, singer. Right. And, and I, and I, I, I know I've, you and I have talked about this personally where you're like bonds, like just, just, you know, go for like, you know, and I, just go for it. But I still, I, I've only done 
a certain amount of things, you know, and I still, because I haven't gotten out of my comfort zone enough. And when I did this audition, for the, I was so nervous to sing and do like this 1920s thing. Did, did you, did you tell them you were going to do that or did you just go for it? Like tell the accent. Do what, the accent? Yeah. Shit, I don't remember. I d hold on, I want to go back to you for a second. Oh. It's, you need to you need to take risks. Girl. You need to believe in yourself more because you're incredibly talented. And you no, but seriously, you this this is the thing we lose, Bonnie, as we get older, is we lose that sense of taking a risk. It's like we're so scared to get it wrong or to fuck it up or to yeah. you know, but that's what makes you stand out. And when I look back, I, ironically, I was just thinking about this the other day. And how I took that risk. And I I was so careless. And I remember I probably have those sides somewhere. And guess what I write at the top of my sides? I write, fuck it. Fuck it with exclamation points. Because you have nothing to lose. And you just got to go in there and bring your thing to it. Because otherwise is you. you're going to stand out. No, but you can do that too. But so that's what I did in, in that. So I went in that room. And I just owned that room. I just was free. And I thought I have nothing to lose. There's no way I'm going to get this. So I'm going to make them remember me and I'm just going to have fun. And I looked every guy in the eye. It was a bunch of men, a long, you know, conference table full of men. Guys, people who are listening, we used to have to do it that way before we used to have to walk <laughs> into a room with 20, 50, maybe a hundred people just staring at us and do an audition just so you know. And uh, it's, it's very difficult. So you walked in there and you were like, fuck it. I walked in there and I said, fuck it. And I, and I had my stuff down and I just, I did my thing and I made them laugh and all that. And then uh, the director, Ivan Reitman wanted me to do it without the accent. So I did that and it was not as funny. It just wasn't. And because that accent really frees me up. Yeah. And, Isn't and it's it fun. It's fun to get out it's of your fun. It's, yeah. it's super fun. Cause it's almost like, you know, you really take on that character and it's not so much you per se. Yeah. No, that's that's what I always say to people that like, and you know, me personally as one of my closest friends, like, you know how I do all these accents in the Brooklyn, this and that. And we've talked about voiceovers and you do a ton of voiceovers. And I had a, a joke on the last podcast. I got an ad and one of my jokes was um, after 25 years in the business, uh, I had to start my own yeah. podcast to get a fucking Add. Yeah, no, I just, I, I just always, I try to stay open and receptive and just, you know, be willing to take that risk. But like I said, it's like the older we get, it's almost like we have to remind ourselves it's okay. You know, you, well, it's like you get beaten down also. And that was part of like, and I could just tell the audience right now, I'm, I'm going to get a little mushy gushy, but Jackie, who we loved each other so much and we worked together and we were like, we used to laugh so fucking hard. Remember how hard we used to fucking yeah. laugh on NYPD Blue? We used to laugh so fucking hard and we followed each other on social media. And this is true. Um, I was having an awful, awful, awful time in my life. And you like absolutely out of the blue reached out to me and you were like, what's going on with you? What's going on, girl? And I say this, that truly, and I'm going to get emotional, but truly like everything was so bad. And then you had a movie at Sundance and you were like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't, nothing. And you were like, come with me. Just come with me. Be my date. Because your husband had to stay home with your kids. And you were like, girl, you got to fucking. And you were like, 
what is going on with you? And gave me this tough love. And I truly believe that your energy changed my whole, like, like everything. And then I met love of my life and every, and I, but you were like, what is going on with you? Just, you just knew it. I, I, you know, we had, you know how it is. Um, you lose touch a bit. There's certain people you work with and you just want them in your lives forever. And then time goes on and maybe years go by, you don't talk and stuff. And, you know, that happened with us a bit and, and we had lost contact, but it's years went by and we just picked up from where we left off. Bonnie, I did not know that you were going through a rough time like that. Certainly not on the surface, maybe subliminally or energetically. Like I, yeah, I but the universe works like, like yeah, you know, you were like, what's going on with you based on my, my, my posts and all my quotes. And you were like, come with me to Sundance. And that was well before, you know, listen, I- I'm so grateful you came with me. I think we had a great time until we both got sick, <laughs> but you know, you are so, you were such a blast, Bonnie. We had never done anything like that together. And, and, um, but it was like, we didn't miss a beat because it was no, just- exactly. Wait, I want to talk about the Palm Springs movie. Wait, wait, oh wait. First, I want to finish the um the the Harrison Ford movie. So yeah, when you get that right. Oh, let me just tell you before. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. you're going to ask me. No, no, go, what? Go. No, go ahead. What were you going to ask me? I was going to say. So you get that movie, and then like, and then what? Are you like that's it? Like I'm a movie star now? Like it's that? I not think. no 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 not even. But I will tell you, Bonnie. I was at an agency, and. After that, it was really just in person that one time that I had to go. It was a long audition, though. I was there for like a long time. Yeah. And and I left there just going, wow, that was freaking fun. Whatever happens. Um, and I just threw it up there. And I don't remember how much after that, but I got the call from my agent to tell me that I booked it. But my agent couldn't believe it and was laughing through the whole thing of telling me that I was going to be, that I booked the role of playing Harrison Ford's girlfriend because it was so outrageous. I was a nobody. Harrison laughing like in a bad way or a happy way? Laughing like he couldn't believe it. Could not believe that I booked the part. Not only couldn't believe, well, they didn't negotiate at all. They just took whatever was offered because I think it was great it would go away. Yeah. But it was literally like just, that's all I remember is that agent just laughed just like this is, I don't do these people know what they're doing, you know, type. Of so then when you got that, did you think like, okay, and I'm asking this cause this has happened to me. Like I I've thought I've gotten certain jobs that have, you know, mostly all gotten canceled, but did you think like, okay, this is it. Like, this is like, I am okay. Like I'm going to be a movie star now. Like this is my next act. Well, I, I was, I was shocked as well that I booked it and I thought, yeah, I thought this was going to be the beginning of, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it was, it was a great movie, but the movie didn't do as well as it could have done. If that movie was huge, I'd probably be in a different place right right now, but it wasn't. So after that, was that like, that must've been disappointing. Cause I know that's happened to me where I've thought this, you know, show is like, I'm the lead, like, you know, and, and then it just. Right. Died. I look at it as disappointing, honestly, because I mean, it was such a big break for me and it, it did get me in some doors and I was, I got a lot of meetings with people and things that probably never would have happened if I didn't, you know, book that. Right. Um, so I was grateful for it all, all the way around. Um, but like and I said, after that, what was like, like what was in your mind, like 
that happens. It doesn't go the way you want. And I try to explain this to people all the time. Like they think and they see us and, and they see you on reruns and they, and they think that we're always working and they have no idea that behind the scenes, it's like, you're seeing us on TV a lot because you're seeing reruns like friends, like people right. think Mona is, you know, and, and it's great, but they have no idea that that was 15 years ago. And like, there, I've had so many lifetimes since then. So, so like after that, what was the next act for you? What was the next act for me? Um, well, I did, I did a movie called Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Oh, oh, yes. It was a supporting role. I, I remember reading for that. And funny enough, it was, um, I remember reading for a couple of different roles that they had in that movie. And Gail O'Grady was there reading also for, oh. for another role. Um, and so I read for the role that she got. And that was the role I really wanted. I, I can't even remember now if it was a hooker, but she ends up beating Rob Schneider up or something. And I really wanted that role. It was, I thought it was so funny. And I auditioned for both, but they hired me for the wife of Forsyth. Yeah you know, who the storyline was like, that right. he had this like, pencil dick or whatever it was, some right. small dick. It was like a very strange right. yeah. storyline. Yeah. But, but anyway. Um, kind, of, kind of like my journal, if you read some passages in my journal before <laughs> Dave might have, might have had some. There. Yeah, before Dave, before Dave, yeah. Of course, uh, before Dave, of course. Um, yeah, and awesome. that happens all the time. So you get the role you don't want, and that's happened to me. And then, so you get that, and that's another movie. And then do you think at this point, okay, I'm just, I'm going to be a movie star? Like, 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 where's your head at at this point? I'm going to be movie, I'm going to do movies. I was just driven to just keep working. And I wanted to just do do what I could. And I was I was uh, auditioning for, you know, everything across the board. And, and I remember- auditioning for TV? Uh, yeah, I think I was going out for some TV stuff, series, regular kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Um, Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and I remember I, oh, I booked a, I remember I had an agent, a voiceover agent who told me that I would never work in voiceovers because my voice was too nasally. Isn't that unbelievable? You know, and, and, but, but Bonnie, but then I ended up booking a pretty big Disney movie with oh. that woman, Dis yeah. uh, Atlantis, the lost empire. But those are the best stories that I love. Like, right. like so, people it's, the, it's like they, when they say, you know, to someone get a nose job and then it's like that nose is their singing voice and they end up being like the biggest singer. It's like, no, you, you can't believe everything. Like you go into a room, whether it's a casting director or a manager, or any, anyone who says something negative about you. And, and maybe that's the thing that you're insecure about. So you believe them. Or maybe it makes you go home and say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to show you what I can do with this nose or with this voice. And, and you know, you know spe speaking of which, I know you and I have been through similar situations, like without, you know, naming shows. We've, we, we've been on great shows. We've been on difficult shows. We've, we've had good experiences and bad experiences. Yeah. But like, I've been on a couple of shows where, and you know me, I'm fucking, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I get, I, I get, think I, I get along with, I mean, pretty much yeah. everybody, but you yeah. and I, you and I have both been through every gamut, like ups and downs and shows. And we've been on shows that have been awesome. And we've been on shows that have been hell. Yep. And it's like part of like that, like second act and like reinventing yourself as a woman. It's really, really hard to start in this business young. And like, it's really tough. It's really, really tough. 
It is tough. It's very tough. Do you feel that? I do feel that, but I'll tell you what's tougher is being older as a woman and starting out in this business. If you really want to get real about it, it's, you know, obviously it's all about the youth. It's all about the youth. I tell, I have a couple of young girls that I mentor from Sandy's class that I adore. And I've said to them, honestly, they're both beautiful. I've said, uh, if I, I would never recommend getting into this business now. Because when we started it, 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 you know, it, the social media thing, the followers, the, it just, it was really different. It was different. It was different. But if they're, if they're talented and if it's their passion, you know, yeah. then you shouldn't deter them from that bond. Right. Cause this was, this was your passion. It was my passion and we've been able to make a living at it. And I, I mean, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't go back. I've had some bad experiences definitely, but you know, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't go back. So, so for the youth today, it's, it's a different animal for sure. Um, with all the social media. And I guess they look at all that, the followers and I guess producers are looking at your page and all that stuff. Um, but it was just really different when we were younger. And in a, in a way it's almost safer for young, pretty girls these days because of the me too. And, you know, all the Weinsteins are hopefully being weeded out, you know, and all that stuff. We could talk about that without. We could talk about that. Listen, uh, I talked about that with my friend Lindsay. We could talk about that without naming any names. Uh, It was like the stuff that was said and done to us, um, like straight up, like it just, it, 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 it was like there were times that it was horrible. Oh, yeah. And, and I was told, don't be a pain you know, be quiet. You're lucky to be there. Oh, I was told if you don't take your shirt off, you'll never work in this town, you know, stuff like that. Like in a a, a producer's office on sunset Boulevard, like, you know, yeah. And luckily I didn't believe him. And I was able to get out of his office before, you know, he was definitely about to put hands on me. You know, I was just Mm -hmm. like, I'm out of here. And I was so young. I was, you know, early twenties, but early, like a naive, super naive, uh, clueless young early 20s you know I had that I had that on a movie where um I was invited on a private jet uh you know to go away for the night with a you know a big movie star and a producer and I was like um no and and they were like what do you mean no and I was like uh because no and I was you know represented by people that were like you should have gone you would have had fun Right. And that was um, like, I remember that moment and there was nobody going um, absolutely not. Uh, and I was like, what do I do here? Like, what, like, like, what do I do here? You know? Mm. So you didn't go. See, so you listened to your, that inner voice probably told you not to go. It probably would have been like a Jeffrey Epstein type oh of my God. situation. No. Like, that's the thing. You got to really listen to that voice. You know, no, that but how do you, how do you find, how do you think that, cause you're very, you're such a strong woman, like, and I, people say to me like, oh, you're so tough. You're so tough. And they really don't know me at all. But, and you know, I have a tough exterior, but I, I got that from my mom who was, you know, single mom, you know, dad left like tough. I have that definitely that like, I'll, I'll fuck a motherfucker up. Like, like, and you have that too. Like I, like. 
Yeah, but don't kid yourself. There, like, especially when I was younger, you know, there were times where it gets very uncomfortable and almost hard to say no. I oh, think it's different. I've had that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's different now. I do. I feel like there's so much support for girls now or young women who are, are, you know, having to deal with this in the workplace or in their personal lives that no means no. And yes, it's okay to stand up for yourself. Now, now it is now it's okay to say no. If we had this back then, imagine what we wouldn't have never worked back then because obviously there was a climate for it and it was how everything was done back then. It was, and I, I was always told, Oh, you're Bonnie. Come on. You're from Brooklyn. Just bit bad. You know, you're Bonnie. Cause I have that, you know, me, you know, you know, the real me and then the exterior me, they, Oh, you can handle it. And like, people don't know that that's not, that's, that's like a defense mechanism. You exactly. Know? Yeah. You know, exactly. On the inside, you're like, right. No, it's intimidating. It's uh, it's terrifying. So when you got, what was, so after all this, like, what was your, like when you, when you, what led up to get it, auditioning for NYPD Blue? What led up to that? Gosh, Bon, I don't know. I was just auditioning and, and trying to work as much as I could, trying to build my resume. Uh-huh. And I remember when I went in for NYPD Blue, I was testing on the Fox lot. I actually, I didn't even know that it was a test. I walked in um, on the Fox lot back there at the Botchko building. I think they made it officially the Botchko building. And I walked into that theater in there and it was wall to wall people. It was (sighs) with people. And I did not know that I was going to be walking into that situation. Now, I guess my people didn't prep me for that. I can't imagine they weren't aware of that, but, and maybe I was better off not knowing. Probably. But I do remember you know, it was just going to be me and one other actress that they were reading. And I remember when I got there, I was the only one there. And when I was done, she wasn't even there. And I remember being like ballsy enough to say, well, she's not here. It's obviously like my job or should be, you should hire me. I don't know. I said something, one of those where I was just taking a risk and just being like, you know, that's, that's where we are so (laughs) alike. I've said shit like that too. And I think it's part of it. But I've said stuff I've regretted too. So oh, sometimes oh, oh God, I'm better too. off just do you, shutting. The- <laughs> do, do you have a story that you regret that you can say without names? I have one. Oh God, not offhand. I'd have to think about that. But trust me, there's times when you know I've said something and just been like, just shut up, just just leave, say thank you very much, and just leave. Because sometimes you try to say something cute or funny or charming, and you just sound like an idiot, and you probably lose the job right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You just got to, I don't know. You're, you're like the no culture girl. I know. So let me ask you a question. So when, when I, when I got to NYPD blue, like how, how happy were you to, to, oh. to, to, to meet me? Like, were you just going home every night going, this is the greatest partner of my life. I love it. I love that you love yourself so much. I don't love myself. I remember laughing <laughs> with you. you. Do you remember getting in trouble? I remember, Jax, I'd never had a partner before. <laughs> I remember us getting the giggles and going home and going, like, if that is what acting is. And also, it was my only, for people that don't know, that was my only job that I ever had that went a full season. See, I- I'm just shocked to hear that. I, I really, because in my mind, you have just always worked People think that I've never had a show go full season except for that. 
Well, now everyone's going to know, but maybe you shouldn't have let that cat out of the bag. Do people realize that I'm talking about Ortiz and Murphy? I mean, if you don't know, we were partners season 12. Yeah, last season of But I remember you were, you were my favorite. You were absolutely my favorite partner. I had maybe what, three different girls, three partners. Well, I mean, that was a, that was a tough show. But was, I, I remember laughing with you so hard. I, I wish I remember. There was one episode. Oh, I know and, exactly. I know one what, thing. I think we laughed. At. What was it? Okay. And I'm pretty sure this was you. Oh, oh partner. Hold on. Hold on. Cause now it had to be you. It did I fart? What, what happened? You didn't <laughs> fart, but we were working. <laughs> we were working with an actor. It was on New York street on the Fox lot outside. Right. Uh-huh. We were working with an actor and we were doing a rehearsal and he had this hair growing out of his <laughs> head. He had the longest hair growing out of his forehead. Oh my God, it was like a horn. It was like a horn. Oh and I took the guy, because listen, Bonnie, if I have something growing out of my forehead, you better fucking tell me. You better me. fucking tell me, dude. Seriously. So we're doing a rehearsal and I'm looking at this guy and we're supposed to be talking to him about a dead body. And all I could do was zone in. I was just honing in on that hair. It's all I could see. And I'm thinking, of course, the camera's going to see this. So I'm going to do this guy a favor. And I reach out. You reached and I out. And grabbed his hair. And I pulled it out of his forehead. And he grabbed his forehead and just went, oh, my God, that was my lucky hair. <laughs> guys, guys, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This I, is a true story. This yes. is a true story. You fucking and reached like, out and pulled this guy's hair I out pulled of his his hair Because I didn't know it was attached to his head. I didn't know it was attached to the forehead. I thought it was oh just like God. this random hair, like sticking out. So I, I was trying to be a, a, you know, a good fellow actor. Oh my God, I'm dying. I remember exactly what it was. You thought yeah. it was just a random hair. And he went, yeah. oh my God, that was my lucky hair. Yes, and it was like his lucky hair. He'd probably grown it his whole life. <laughs> oh my God. I, I pulled it out. And then we could not stop laughing because... I mean, we felt terrible for the guy, but come on, that was freaking hilarious. And now where is this forehead guy? Because you took away his lucky hair. Oh, I don't remember his name. Do you? I don't know. No, I also remember. He never worked again after he I, lost the hair. I also remember a great scene on NYPD Blue. And um, I'm not going to say names, but I'll tell you off the air. But there was somebody that was a guest star. He's very successful now. And um, he came on and I he could not in the precinct, he could not get his line right. And Dennis was there. It was like everybody was there. It was one of those scenes where we were all there. Right. He could not get it right. And it almost, it almost, people don't understand, like when you're acting and this happens, it's, 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 I don't know if this happens to everybody, but it's like a funeral where you just, you get the giggles because it's uncomfortable. And this person, we all felt bad. And then it, it just went on and on and on and you and I were laughing so hard I couldn't it was it was the weirdest thing it was it was just it wouldn't stop and then Dennis was like I'm gonna go sit down when you get it right I'm gonna come back okay like <laughs> and this he's very successful but we we, we used to laugh so hard and there was another another one time that we had an interrogation and we couldn't get it together. But I had never had so much fun working with anybody ever with as I did with you. Oh, it's the best. Wouldn't it be fun to do it again? Oh, I wish. Yeah, we will. Let's put it out there. Maybe we'll create something. Right? 
I mean, I wish. We'll find a way. We'll find a way to do it again. But so yeah. what, what do you, what do you think that you're like, like as far as like acts, like what are a couple of like act breaks or acts that you think that you haven't done yet that you really, really want to do? Like, like um, things that you want to achieve. I want to make, you know, and, and I haven't written it yet, but I'd love to just shoot my own indie film. I would yeah. love to shoot my own movie. You know, there's not a lot of great roles out there, you know, gratefully, but there's a long way to go. They're starting to write some better roles for, you know, Latinas and this and that. I mean, you know, I started out, I played, you know, was it on Diagnosis Murder? I was like the fucking mistress, the maid slash mistress or whatever. You know, I I played like, I played many maids or, um, and not to say there's anything bad about being a maid, but clearly it's a stereotypical. Well, yeah, well, of course well, it's a stereotype. But was um, NYPD Blue, was that, was that a, a groundbreaking thing that they hired like a lead detective, uh, Ortiz, like a Latina? Yeah, I think it, I think it at was. At the time. At the it, time. They yeah. were ahead of the game for sure. At the time, for sure. But, you know, again, you yeah. know. It was, uh, you know, we had to sign a nudity clause on that. Did you have to sign a nudity clause? For uh, I did. And I was very disappointed um, that uh, I never got an episode uh, to you show. You wanted to be naked? You wanted to? I mean, maybe just a uh, side boob or something. No, okay. no. All right. And listen, Dennis Franz, I mean, you know, I mean, sh you know, change the game showing that butt. <laughs> That's right. I did. So you think so? So as far as like other acts, like you want to you, it, but you'd be such a good director, man. God, you because you are you are so in tune with people. You would be such a good. I would love to work for you as an actress. Oh, we God. should do something together. We should. We should do something. We've got to have the content right. I've been trying to um, shadow some directors as COVID just fucks everything up. Right, oh. you can't be around. They're trying to keep the, the crews like skeleton crews or as minimal as possible. But yeah, I'd love to, to direct. So do you think um, both of your sons are actors? They are. And they're they both are. gorgeous. Oh, thank you. They're pretty darn cute. How, how do you think like, was that just because their parents are artists? Was that completely on their own? Well, not completely on their own in the beginning because they were very young when they started. We um, we thought we'd give it a go, like with the print, and see if that was something they enjoyed and something that they would work at. And um, so we got them an agent. They're they're at Osbrink Agency. Um, they got you know they got agents right away. They were both very cute. I remember going in with both of them, and um, gosh, I think. My older one must have been about four. My younger one was probably two. And you're in the waiting room and one of the agents just comes out and scoops up your two-year-old and you have to wait in the waiting room because they have to know that your kids are okay, in, you know, without the parents. And they just went in and had a nice meeting, I guess, with the agents. And then they took them after that. So they started in print and then they started in commercials and that segued into commercials. And I remember I always checked in with them to make sure they were having fun. And I never told them they were making money all the while socking away the money they were making mm -hmm. because I thought if they knew they were making money, maybe they would just want to do it for the money. And I didn't want that to be the case. And then of course, one day they mentioned, Oh, you're acting. So you're like all that money or this or that. And they like looked at me like, 
do we make money doing this? And I was kind of like, oh yeah, you know, you make a little bit of money and, you know, so anyway, so that's how they discovered they were making money at it when they were younger. That is so smart because um, when I, when Greg Rumberg did the show, the podcast, one of the things he said was, if you're going to do this, if you're going to be an artist, um, you have to have a lot of reasons, but it can't be financial. Like that desperation kind of People smell that desperation, man. That's you're never going to get that gig ever. But I didn't, yeah, I didn't want I didn't want them to do it for the money. And so so then they discovered they they were making some money and um, but they're still doing it. And I'm checking in with them all the time. You guys still do you need a break? Do you not want to do this? Because, you know, it's it's a business of a lot of rejection. You'll do a lot of auditions and maybe not book anything for a long time. And and especially as a kid, you think it could be discouraging. But they, you know, they're into it, man. They're auditioning for everything. Voiceover, commercial films. My my youngest just starred in his first movie as soon as we were like in lockdown during the summer with COVID. Can you tell, can you tell that story? It's pretty cool about how they were both up against each other. Yeah, movie. that was pretty wild. There, So there weren't a lot of auditions coming in at all with COVID. No casting directors, I don't think, were in offices. There wasn't much going on. It was like shut down. Mm-hmm. And this audition comes in for this movie and it was a, a audition over uh, actually first thing it was, was a self tape. So it was like an 11 to 13 year old boy. So both my boys were within that age range. So we self taped them, submitted them. They both got callbacks and we did a zoom callback from home and it was both boys. And we, before the callback, we got a call from the director saying, Hey, I just want you guys to know that I've read a lot of boys for this and it's down to you two. And I had no idea you guys were brothers. And until the casting director told me, I guess he didn't look at their names. Um, and so he told them what he was looking for in the scenes. And then they had a day or two to digest that. And then they did a Zoom callback with that director and the producers. Um, and they went one at a time. They did a couple of scenes and they both laid it down. And then they did such a good job that they wanted to see them both in person like a week later. So we went in person, both the boys. They were the only two they were reading for the role. Um, and then given, I think it was because of the, the subject matter and everything, they thought it would be more, um, impactful to go with the younger boy. So my younger son ended up booking it, but they were both. That's such a great story though. Like that they can be supportive and, and, and close enough to like, cause you know, like, like, let's say you and I are, you know, we're actors, but in other families, um, kids play sports or, or maybe they're both on the football team, right? Like, you know what I mean? Yes. But it ha- it's actually happened before. My younger wow. one went out for a um, like a national car commercial and he was in on it. He, he went in. But sometimes when we take the boys, this is when we were going in person pre-COVID. And we would um, it's one of us, my husband or I had the kids. We would take both boys to the audition. And depending what it was, sometimes we'd be like, hey, do you want to read the brother? He's like, you know, fits your specs. And they would be like, yes or no. So my older one crashed that audition and my old and my younger one was on a veil for it. And then my older one booked that commercial. I think they need to coach me. But (laughs) do you feel like that's like like another like you have so we have so many acts like is that is that like well, I know being a mom, I I remember when we were on NYPD Blue, that was very important to you. You know, you were like, on, I'm ready to have kids like you. I I remember. And and, and you, you, you were like is this, this journey with them, that's another act in your life, right? Like, totally. Watch, yeah. Yeah. So like after NY ended, um, I ended up going to, I wanted to do something a little bit lighter and I went to a show called Freddie. It was a yes. 
Freddie, Freddie Prince yeah. Jr. Yeah, I played his sister, and we were we lasted one season, but I got pregnant um, during the shooting of that, and did the whole have to hide your you know belly behind a pillow, right. and but that was back <laughs> in the day when 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 we all well not me because I haven't had kids, but all of my girlfriends, it was before, it was it was back when you had to worry like, am I going to work again if I get yeah. pregnant? And now it's like there's they wouldn't dare. No, but I will say, um, you know, it, it wasn't even a thought in my mind how badly I wanted to have a family. I didn't think about the fact that I wouldn't work again. I just didn't. But see, again, and, that's that's all a part of taking risks, right? Yeah. Well, you it gotta, was important to me, too. It was just more important to me to, you know, yeah. no way I was going to let that go by. That, and, that, that Those are the best moments. Like, you got to do. Absolutely. What you got to do. And I remember and, being pregnant and auditioning and nobody wanted to hire me because I was like a liability. I was like, had the healthiest pregnancies, knock on wood. And I just wanted to work up until the end. And I was up for stuff. And it always came down to they just don't the insurance. They don't want to take a risk. And maybe it's different now. I'm talking about, you know, 14. I, I remember I remember um, uh, auditioning and testing and getting down to the wire. Julie Bowen, who was literally hot as fuck but like out to here with twin boys sashaying in with this confidence signing in out to here. And it was down to me and her. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh, Romani Malco who was also in our class with Sandy and Bradley Whitford. And I just remember like, I was so afraid and of, of like doing anything to mess anything up. And I just remember envying her like, now, granted, she had like, you know, five years on a show behind her, but she was just sitting there like, you know, what? Get it? What, I got it. But you got it. Okay, no, good. I got it. But I just remember envying that confidence, you know, that like, I'm going to do, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to, you know what I mean? It's a choice, Bonnie, right? Yeah. I think oftentimes we just get in our heads and, and no. those voices, you know, you just got to like tune that out. You got to be able to identify it in the moment yeah. and just get it out. And then put that visual of Julie in your head of what you admired about her. And you have that ability. You can do well, that. I remember, I remember I being told, you know, talking about when we were back in the day, people don't realize I was told like, oh, no, no, no. Like you're a leading lady. You know, you're going to be this, you know, being propped up. Like you're going to be blah, 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 blah. Like, you don't want to get pregnant. You don't want to get married. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. And I look back now and I remember you um, and your husband, Juan, and, and, and a lot of my friends um, being so sure, like, this is what I want. And I remember like a lot of that stuff got in my head. Like I thought, well, you can't have it all. And I missed out on, a, on, on opportunities because I listened, you know, to, to, to people and things. It goes both ways about listening to those voices, right? Like if, if you're um, not strong enough, you could hear that voice. Like for me, that voice that said, I sound very nasal and I'll never work in voiceover. Right. If I would have listened to that person, I would have never have done the voiceover work that I have done. So in the same way that if someone tells me, oh no, you're going to be this, you're going to be that, don't do this, don't do that. It's like nice to hear, okay, you think I'm a leading lady. That's very flattering this and that. But then you got to check in at a certain point and be like, hey, wait, what do I want? What do I want out of life? And, right. you know, but that's I what I always say. I always say to people, like some of us are late bloomers and like, you know, yeah. I, I like, like Kamala Harris. Amen. Like she met the love of her I life at 49, her. got married at 50, you know. It's pretty cool. 
she's so amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> so wait, tell me one, one, like you're, so right now you're doing Bosch. Yeah. So I'm on, I'm shooting the last season of Bosch. It's the seventh season. And on Amazon like Prime. I love it. We're having a good time. Um, we're currently shut down because of COVID. Right. But we're going back this week. I think a lot of productions are down right now as it's surging at the moment. Right. Um, but again, I'm playing a detective, but this time an LA detective, a little more seasoned. And you're awesome. You're, you're such a good actress, man. Thanks. Like, I could, honestly, you're so good. Palm Springs movie. If you guys haven't seen it, you yeah, gotta see it. Palm Springs is such a fun movie. It was so good. That's the one that Jackie, just so you guys know, brought me as her date. And we watched it and then Dave watched it by himself. It was so good. It's such a so good, good movie. I mean, truly, you know, the writing, the everything about it just came together. That that was an amazing movie. I love it. I love it so much. I'm so proud to be a part of it. It broke all kinds of records, as you know, it's Sundance. It it was the highest grossing, highest selling of all time. Like, yeah, it was amazing. Like 69 cents. All right. That's (laughs) amazing. All right. Now I'm going to ask you five questions. Oh, dear. Okay. All right. You don't have to answer them all if you don't want to. Okay. Uh, since all four of you in the household are actors, who's the best actor in the house? Ooh, that's hard. You could take the fifth if you want. I'll plead the fifth, but it's definitely one of my two younger kids. No question question about it. All right. What is the, um, what is the one, like one role? Like, is there something that you really, really still to this day that you, cause I have a bunch, like something that you, like your Moby Dick, like that you want to play, like, like something that you had, you just want to do, like you want to do it. Oh, a character you- or like a literature character, like, like somebody. Oh my God. I don't know. I'd love to be like a female 007. Oh, you'd be so good. I would fucking love that. Or, or like, you know, Wonder Woman, although the Wonder Woman is so hot, I would never like even oh, match. so hot. You love so her so good. much. But yeah, something like that would be, would be pretty awesome. What is the thing that you took when we wrapped um, NYPD Blue? Everybody took something and I took the please clean up after yourself sign. What did you take? I remember Jesse took the coolest. It was like the 15th precinct yeah. sign. Did you take anything? I, I took my badge. I still have my badge and I will pull it out. I'll pull it out when I get pulled over. Um, yeah, but I took my badge and my cast chair, which I have. I didn't get the chair. I got the thing, the banner. Oh, oh I took the whole fucking chair. Well, good for you. <laughs> so I've got that chair and I've got my six, seven nights chair right here. In my. Oh, is that your, that's your studio? What, I'm yeah, I'm in my studio my, where I do all my self tapes. It's kind of a mess wow. right now. Cause my kids have been doing their um, zoom classes up here, but yeah, this is where we do our self tapes and stuff. I love you. I love you more. I love I'm you so, so much. proud of you, Bonnie doing oh, this. Thing. Oh, thank you. So, I think it's really awesome. And, and the fact that, you know, your hot fiance can put it together <sighs> for you is pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Jackie. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Love you. Love you. I love her. I got a little emotional there. God, that happens to me sometimes. It's so embarrassing. I'm such a mush ball. Um, 
really <laughs> super emotional, but you know, those people that have just been there for you through thick and thin and have seen all of your failures and your successes and, and, and been there and stayed with you and stayed your friend and inspired you and helped you find your second act or helped pick you up. And that's what Jackie did for me. And, um, I love her so, so much. And God, she has done so much in her career. What a career. And she's still going. Watch her on Bosch. She kicks ass. Um, God, I would love to be with her again on a show. That'd be awesome. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, trying to be as real as I can with you guys and share as much true honesty about the business and life and what we all go through. So sorry for the sappy shit. One of my friends always says I'm a cornball or cheese ball because I get so emotional, but that's me. So follow me, second underscore act underscore podcast on Instagram. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, especially on the Believe Podcast Network. And have a great day. I look forward to bringing you more interviews. Okay, peace out. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.